Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 292, starting off with security news. NSA has released new guidance on how to securely use wireless devices in public places. have to say it feels pretty remarkable to see the government, really any government, putting out good content like this. The FBI has revealed the top targeted vulnerabilities in the last two years. Top ones were Citrix, Pulse, Fortinet, F5, and MobileIron. After 10 years, Google's Vulnerability Rewards Program has rewarded 2,022 researchers with around $29 million in payouts. I would have expected that number to be much higher, as I think I've mentioned before. They're now launching a new platform at bughunters.google.com, and the new program comes closer to unifying bug submission across all their products. It has better interaction mechanisms, an improved leaderboard, swag, and other improvements. The creators of Punk Spider are facing scrutiny because they plan to release a new version of their tool at DEF CON next weekend. So this tool basically scans the entire internet and looks for vulnerable websites, and then it finds and publishes the web vulnerabilities for everyone to see. And it also includes a search function, which of course makes it easy for people to find the vulnerabilities, including bad guys. So the argument against this is that it'll give attackers a chance to hit targets before victims have a chance to fix the issues. And the argument for this is that they could do that already by running their own tools. Not the best way to apply pressure to fix things is to make them public. Disinfectant through illumination, basically. And I'm sure there'll be lots of gnashing of teeth on the Twitters about this. Black Matter is a new ransomware gang that claims to be made up of the remnants of Darkseid and Revil. Their MO is to find people who already have access to certain networks and to offer them hundred grand for that access, assuming they have a substantial foothold and the target is either in the US, the UK, Canada, or Australia. Over 100 warship locations have been spoofed in the last year, and there's speculation that it could be part of a campaign to create a conflict based on mistaken identity. But I don't know. There's also talk in this article about how it's being used by fishing boats, I think, to maybe convince other fishing boats to get out of the area. This wasn't 100% clear from the article, and it was essentially speculation of like why we could be seeing so many warships getting spoofed. But obviously it is fairly accurate to say that it could result in some sort of mistaken identity or some sort of counter posturing. If someone thinks that another uh, country is in a particular part of the water and you want to go and show up there. So in other words, you can potentially spoof that both countries are there. Uh, one right before the other and make them both show up. And then they actually see each other being there when they were both brought there under false circumstances. So there's definitely potential for this, but 
Anyway, I find the whole thing quite interesting, the whole concept of spoofing military vessels, or vessels, as Chekhov would say. A number of malicious typo squatted Python libraries have been found on the PyPy repository. UCSD Health says they lost personal information in a data breach involving employee email accounts. Cyber asset management platform Neotic launches with $20 million in funding, and they say they use APIs and graph databases to track assets in both the cloud and on-prem. At Bay has raised $185 million to do cyber insurance. Wonder if that pitch deck is getting more troublesome as time goes on. Active Fence comes out of stealth with $100 million in funding to detect online harm such as abuse, disinformation, and fraud. Technology news. Facebook's next big product looks like it's going to be Ray-Ban branded smart glasses. Honestly, really excited to see what they come up with here. Even if all they really do is just kind of add to the mix and kind of heat up the space, like even if it's not great, I'm still going to be excited about this. AR really cannot get here fast enough for me. And I love the fact that Facebook, Magic Leap, Snap, and other people are playing in this space. So I'm probably actually, I might actually get a pair of these, honestly. I, I might I might get a pair. If they are horrible or super creepy, I might not use them much, but I think I will participate in this cycle. I feel like it might be far enough along that it could actually be useful. And if they're made by Ray-Ban, hopefully they won't be horrible to actually wear or be seen wearing. Definitely better than the Google Glass, I assume. Or even the Snap ones. The Wall Street Journal did an in-depth analysis of TikTok's algorithm and how it's so good at figuring out what you like. The short version is that one metric matters more than all the others, which is linger time. Quote, every second you hesitate or rewatch, the app is tracking you. Through this one powerful signal, TikTok learns your most hidden interests and emotions and drives you deep into rabbit holes of content that are hard to escape. That sounds horrible, and I love this app. It's hard to explain. I feel like you should do it with a lot of OSINT in place, like maybe on a another device and obviously a weird username or whatever, and not maybe not have any persistence or not too much persistence, although that'll mess up your experience. But yeah, I can't really advocate this product because it's ByteDance, which is ultimately China, and they are pulling a lot of really valuable data from this thing. But at the same time, I have to celebrate the tech here. I mean, I have not seen a more enjoyable app in my whole time on the internet. I mean, this thing is unbelievably fun. And the community it's actually building, like the substrate here of human creativity is just off the charts for me. I think it's the most creative thing we've ever done with the internet. And that might be too extreme. Maybe YouTube might be up there, maybe more. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like this thing is unbelievably strong. And if you are not using TikTok, again, you should do so in a safe way. You should find a safe way to do it. But if you are not using TikTok, you're missing out on a major cultural event that is happening right now. And that is this app. So I encourage you to, to both stay away from it because it's dangerous and, uh, well, potentially dangerous, and it's definitely 
harvesting signals from your activity. So that that's one word of caution, but I urge you to participate because it is life itself. Okay. Human creativity is being captured here in a way that it's never been captured before. So yeah, stay away, but definitely participate. Shopify is allowing merchants to sell NFTs directly through their storefronts. Apple's chip supplier TSMC is preparing its two nanometer product for 2024. Cloudflare says AWS is charging way too much for egress traffic. Tesla has passed $1 billion in quarterly profit for the first time after shipping more cars than ever. And Apple's products doubled last quarter and iPhone sales jumped 50%. The tech companies are absolutely crushing it. So Amazon is crushing it. Google made more than ever. YouTube is doing better than ever. Uh, Facebook did amazingly well. And yeah, Apple as well. So it's like, I think Netflix is the one that's suffering the most because they have so much competition from Disney and Apple and uh, other services. But in general, the big tech companies, they're just absolutely thriving right now, largely because of the pandemic. Square is buying Afterpay, which is a buy now, pay later service out of Australia, and they're buying it for $29 billion in stock. Twitter is closing its San Francisco and New York offices just a couple weeks after reopening them. Human news. Just six companies, GE, News Corp, Disney, Viacom, Time Warner, and CBS control 90% of U.S. media, 90%. In 2011, it was 50 companies. So in uh, 10 years, we've gone from 50 companies controlling 90% of U.S. media to six. That is a staggering statistic. Business Insider says Amazon employs one out of every 153 American workers. One out of every 153. That is a neuromancer metric if I've ever seen one. And a startup called Hello Divorce raises $2 million to make it easier to get a divorce. That's sad. Content ideas and analysis. Everything is K-shaped right now. This is an essay I just wrote about how much of our society is splitting into upwards and downwards strokes across multiple dimensions. Simone Biles pulling out, seen a lot of ideas about this in various places and wanted to comment real quick. Essentially, I'm torn about this. On the one hand, I say no excuses because when you represent a country, you basically have a job and that job's a lot more like the military than most jobs. One can view sport as a proxy for war, and it's generally unacceptable to just walk away in either sport or combat when you don't feel like continuing. So that's one side. The other side of me says 2021 gets a full pass. 2020 was not normal, and 2021 is not normal either. And this Olympics probably shouldn't have happened in the first place. Everyone is still massively stressed due to a century-level event, which, by the way, we still haven't seen the end of. So I think you can give anyone a pass right now. And if anyone deserves a pass, it's her. Hasn't she done enough for the U.S. already? I think so. 
The way we know this was an extraordinary circumstance for her is that it happened at all, right? She's not a quitter. And we know she's not a quitter because quitters don't have that many gold medals. So I say leave her alone. So punk spider, where am I on tools like this? Well, I'm not sure exactly, but I do know that what we're doing right now doesn't seem to be working. So I'm somewhat sympathetic to the illumination argument. But either way, I'm open to being persuaded by data and the implementation also matters. How they run the project will shape how I perceive whether or not it's net positive or net negative. And again, if data shows that this is doing more net harm, then I'm against it. If the data shows that it's flat or net positive, then I'm for it. Simple as that. Women in the draft, the Senate Armed Service Committee passed a provision to require women to register for the draft. So I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I'm, I hate being torn on so many things. I don't know. I feel like being torn on important things makes you smart, but I, I really would like to have a strong, forceful opinion in one direction or another. And in this case, I, I'm just, uh, I'm on the fence. Here's what I do know. I, I can suggest one thing for you. If you're, if you're questioning this or you think you have a strong opinion, I, I want to give you a test. Go watch the opening scene for Saving Private Ryan and ask yourself if you'd be okay without being a boat full of 18 to 20 year old women. I am 1000% for 100% equality, but I don't think I am okay with that scene being a boat full of women. Now, if that makes me somebody bad, then I, I think I'm a bad person. And I, I don't know, I need to do a lot of thinking about that. But that's the exercise that I would ask you to do if uh, you're thinking about this. Notes. So I'm back on my U87 AI mic and Rodecaster Pro podcasting rig, and I'm using Hindenburg again as my DAW. I think the dedicated podcasting hardware and the software might be better than the Universal Audio Plus Luna setup that I was using before just because it's designed to do only one thing, which is, you know, that's what dedicated means. I'm also using no plugins other than the D reverb for room echo. And I'm going to have more room treatment coming soon. So hopefully I won't even need that soon. But if you're interested or skilled at audio, let me know what you think of this week's sound. And what I'm shooting for is basically a very natural feel with just enough bass to be substantive but not so much to sound boomy or be hard to hear over background noise. Uh, when most people start out in this, in podcasting, they try to get this super deep, like boomy sound because it, you know, kind of sounds authoritative and cool, but it gets old very quickly. And it's hard to hear with like car background noise or like subway background noise, which probably not too many people on the subway right now, but yeah, it's better to be higher pitched actually, uh, or at least not to have the low end stuff and to have the higher pitches sort of cut through. And if you listen to any of the big podcasts, you're going to notice the bottom end missing quite a bit and you'll have like this high pitched clarity. 
And the canonical example of this is NPR. And if you listen to their stuff, they use mostly Neumann U87 mics like this one. And they tend to be very clear in kind of the higher pitch ranges. It's not really shrill or anything. It's just the bottom end is cut out. So that is what we're going for in this round. Now we'll continue to iterate based on what I hear from feedback from people. And I am getting ready to do my last subscription pricing adjustment for quite a while. So I'm moving to what a lot of people that I pay for content from are doing, which is 100 a year and $20 a month. Uh, one or the other, obviously not both. I like the evenness of this, just $100 a year. It, like right now I'm doing $59.99, which is like very classic 99 cent trick um, to not get you at the even dollar amount. I just, it feels a little strange, but I think the flat $100 a year just makes a lot of sense. And uh, I also like how much the $100 a year versus $20 a month really incentivizes the annual plan, which is already sort of incentivized, but not enough in my opinion. For those who are already annual, the price increase per month will be $3.33. So going from $5 a month to $8.33 a month. And I sincerely hope that what I'm doing here is worth many times more than $8.33 a month. And um, I also am definitely not going to be changing this again, at least before like 2025 and maybe even like 2030. I feel like this is a really solid place to go to and I don't want to be messing with prices anymore for quite a while. So that is that. I'm currently reading This is How to Lose the Time War. This is a book, very short, that won the Hugo and Nebula Awards. And I've heard it come up in like five conversations with friends recently. So I added it as an interrupt to the top of the list. And I'm also reading Dune for the book club this week. David selected the book because the new movie comes out in September. And I can't wait for both the book club and the new movie. And I'm also all in on the new Ghostbusters movie, who's got the kid from um, Stranger Things. So looking forward to that. And I had to cancel my plans for Black Hat DEF CON in Vegas due to COVID and just did that yesterday. And it looks like this fall could also be as bad for hospitals as last fall or worse which means we might also have to cancel our EDC trip to Vegas in October, most likely. So I'm kind of preparing for lockdown, which hopefully will be better in this new place that I'm in. But yeah, looking for positives in this negative situation here. Discovery. Pim Eyes, a creepily good reverse image search. So I uploaded a random image of myself. I just took with my phone, I literally just like pointed it to an oblique upper area, like side of my head. And I uploaded that picture and it found pretty much every picture of me online that exists. And it found it like instantly, even ones that look nothing like the picture that I uploaded, like hat, no hat, like fat, less fat, like all the different changes. It found pretty much every picture. Um, also you want to, cautious about using this because you're essentially 
probably sending multiple signals to the system that you know uh, this manages. You're sending a signal that this is a real person. It's being matched to another thing. I have no idea what's actually happening on the back end, but you you want to be careful about using this type of system. And you're probably in security mindset already, so you probably already know that, but just making sure. Data set with uh, S-E-T-T-E being the end of that word. Take data of any size or shape and publish that as an interactive, explorable website and accompanying API. This is some cool tech. I'm going to mess with this. Crossfeed, a CISA release tool for continuously monitoring an organization's public-facing attack surface. And I got both of these links from Clint Gibbler's TLDR sec newsletter, which um, I've talked about multiple times on the show. And uh, Clint is a good friend at this point in my life right now. And uh, thanks to him for his good content. This week was particularly good about OSINT and Recon, which is my favorite area of security. So got a few links from there this time. Speed.cloudflare.com. I've been using the speed test thick client for quite a long time, combined with a CDN file downloader to test my bandwidth for years now. Just been my common go-tos. And I think Cloudflare's offering might have finally replaced it. This thing is really good. Speed.cloudflare.com. Does a whole bunch of calculations. Got a pretty nice GUI. Check it out. Disinformation for hire. A shadow industry is quietly booming. Piece from the New York Times. Autonomic security. Google's answer to SOCs being overwhelmed by expanding attack surface. Quote, I went to the office for the first time. I fucking hated it. End quote. Sorry to cuss. I do have the explicit tag turned on of the podcast. Hopefully that didn't bother anybody. This is a really cool article about someone who has actually never gone to the office. They've been full-time remote their entire career. I assume they're fairly young. And uh, they had to go into the office and they're just describing like how horrible this is compared to working from home. Not just from their experience standpoint, but how much actual work they can get done and how much is actually waste and like noise versus signal. Really good uh, Reddit post. You should check it out. Using SSM to run Ansible on AWS hosts without requiring an external SSH listener. I think this is another one from Clint's newsletter this week and uh, quite good. And a cool article called COVID Stockholm Syndrome. Recommendations. If you've not read Jonathan Haidt, I strongly suggest you get into him. Start with The Righteous Mind, then go into The Happiness Hypothesis. And then if you're into like youth culture slash politics, you want to read The Coddling of the American Mind. I think Haidt is one of the clearest thinkers on the maladies affecting the U.S. right now, especially as it comes down to conflict and ideology and culture differences. Really, really powerful stuff. If you read those three books and you don't like him, I will be very surprised. And the aphorism for the week, the writer evolved to serve the elephant. The writer evolved to serve the elephant. Jonathan Haidt. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. If you're not a member already, please consider signing up at danielmeisler.com slash subscribe. Members get the newsletter every week instead of twice a month. 
as well as access to the UL Slack channel and our private RSS feed for member-only content. Either way, if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends. We'll see you next time.